0: welcome to another episode of pat and the fat man where we like to talk about movies, sports and whatever else we feel like i'm pat
1: i'm the fat man otherwise known as bruce today
0: we're going to be talking about sports ball. sports ball sports
1: ball and if it seems like we're doing a lot of these it's just because now is the culmination of sports like in a couple of weeks there's only going to be like one sport to talk about but like majority of them seem to have finished up right around now yeah
0: as we discussed last time national hockey league is over i don't know about the nba i assume it's over by now it
1: is over now
0: okay did they go to game seven or did they end at game six
1: six game six la lakers beat the uh Miami Heat. Okay. So LeBron's got his fourth in uh, championship title.
0: How many did uh, Jordan get?
1: Five or six, so. Okay. Because
0: I, well, I know people are making those comparisons idiotically.
1: <laughs> well, no, it's more to the point that he's gotten four titles across three different teams.
0: Oh, that's right, because he got one on the Cavs.
1: One with the Cavs, one with Miami, and now one with the Lakers.
0: No, that's funny. You beat Miami to get it.
1: uh uh-huh. So
0: basketball's over. Yep. Hockey's over. Yep. Baseball is still ongoing. We're in the the American League Championship. That started Sunday. The American League Championship is between the Houston Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. It's the Rays, right?
1: Yes. Tampa Bay Rays and the Houston Cheatros.
0: Cheatros. Because
1: they are cheaters.
0: So, two games have been played Uh, Sunday, Monday. The Sunday game and the Monday game both went to not the Cheatros. So, this has been kind of an interesting what do you call it? Baseball season, baseball playoffs. Uh Because it's a shortened playoffs and because.
1: They're in bubbles.
0: Yeah, they're in bubbles. I'm not exactly sure what the factor is here, but it appears that home runs are king right now, and that's not usually the case. Well,
1: it's been the case for baseball as a whole lately because that's how baseball players become superstars. They can hit home runs. It boggles my mind as somebody who watches baseball that it becomes one of those things like, oh, he hit that 400 yards. Like, okay. But so does 20, 50 other guys in the league. What's more impressive to me is like a guy can hit for the cycle or, you know, when there are two on runners on the corners and that he doesn't just doink the ball or strike out swinging that he can put the ball in play and make scores that way. But yeah, sorry, I'm on my high horse on this one because it does bother me a little bit.
0: That's the thing about this this playoff season. 22 out of the 23 games, the team that hit the most home runs won.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And that's not usually the case. Right? Usually it's a much more even, even, possibly even less, because typically your one-off home runs kind of fall down against the team that can play ball. Uh-huh. Like, you, okay, you have a couple of big hitters, and if you get in the right place in the lineup, then you get lucky, but otherwise, you know, a one-off home run's not a big deal. But these ga- you know, the game on Sunday was literally three home runs. It, it was the entire score, you know. The Rays beat the Astros two to one, and so the home runs won the game. The one time Monday that that wasn't the the deal was in early innings. Uh, Altruve made a bad mistake in the infield, which cost oh. like three runs, right? Effectively cost him the game. That's the other thing about this. Like if you if a team is good enough to get some actual offensive play going. And has at least an inning where that like where all the cards fall in the correct way, they can run the table in a game because then in that instance, your home runs are not king.
1: Right now, I think what also has played a factor, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, is the infield shifts. You know, like how teams will analyze batters, and so they'll they'll start shifting the infielders one way or the other. You know, to the left side or right side of of the, the bases. Basically, batters are like, okay, if you're going to play that game, that I'm not going to give you a chance to get the ball. So I'm just going to hit home runs because then I don't have to worry about whether or not my awesome hit is going to get is just still turn up to being out. But that's an assumption. I'm sure if you looked at the analytics, you can definitely see the switch from just general offensive ball play, you know, just singles, doubles, triples, the drop in that and the rise in and defensive shifting.
0: I mean, let's be honest. Like if you've got a really good pitching team like the Rays, Uh who seem to have a pretty good amount of depth in their bullpen Uh and have pretty good openers, then the other team's not going to get much of a chance to do offensive playing. So as always, baseball always seems to come down to pitching. (laughs) You know, (laughs) occasionally it's about hitting, but the reality is you know, pitching's kind of the king of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as what's going to happen in the game, so.
1: But it's not the most entertaining part of the game. That's the other part too.
0: And I'll say it's gotten more entertaining as I've gotten older. Right. So so far the Rays have been outpitching the Astros. Not that the Astros have been pitching poorly. They're still able to hold the Rays to two two runs in the first game. And if it had not been for the error, Altuve's error, then they probably would have held them to two runs. In the second game, they still would have is lost. it Altuve
1: <laughs> or is it Altuve?
0: Altuve, ah, it's Altuve, isn't it? <laughs> Jose Altuve. You know, if it hadn't been for that error, that would have been that wouldn't have been any runs. You know, both teams are pitching well as much as the Astros were cheaters last year. Major League Baseball has decided not to punish the entire team. However your feelings are on that one. <laughs> Honestly, I don't care that much. Basically, the sports figuring out who should get punished for what in what way has been so random Mm -hmm. that there's no real stability to it. So personally, I'm left with the feeling that, okay, I guess that's what the deal was like, you know, (laughs) I guess.
1: (laughs) I find it funny. We got another Texas versus Florida showdown for a championship. What should be even more surprising enough is that across three sports, a Florida team has entered The championship scenario.
0: You had uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup.
1: Miami Heat for the NBA championship. Which they did not win. Mm -hmm.
0: And now you've got if the Rays can beat out. This is a seven game series, so they still have to win two more times. Yep. But if they can beat out the Astros, they win two more games, then they can beat the Astros and go to the World Series. So uh-huh. but they did beat the Yankees out, which was that's always a nice thing. Oh, um. it's always
1: nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those, thank goodness. Yep. In most cases, money's the reason why a team wins in baseball, but not always. The Yankees have a pitcher, Garrett Cole, that uh is really good, but he's like their only Good pitcher, I guess, because otherwise they probably would have kept on going. Mm. Okay, because they spent some serious money on on uh, batters.
0: So, from the National League side, you have the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers. They played one game so far, which the Braves won. Wow! And game two is tonight at five oh five p.m. Central Time. And this is as of October thirteenth. So the Braves, oh man, the Braves manhandled the Dodgers five to one. So <laughs> 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 we'll see. We'll see what happens tonight. Okay, yeah, the Rays beat the Astros four to two uh, yesterday. So in Game three, should be tomorrow. No, it's today. It's tonight, seven forty p.m
1: oh they're just gonna play seven straight i guess
0: i think they are yeah Hmm. because that's kind of how it was with the other the other two lead-up games to this or the lead-up series i don't think there was a pause between games it went until somebody somebody won effectively
1: wow so yeah this will be another test because i mean typically with these series because of travel they give them a day which is good for the players it means they get a rest but because of the shortened season, I guess they decided just play till it's over. Let's just get it in, get it done.
0: It's especially uh, trying on the on the pitchers. Yeah, typically you have you know somewhere between hopefully two <laughs> and four starting pitchers, right? And so you rotate through these guys. A
1: bad team will have only two good starters if they'll want. A moderate team will have three or four, and then a good team will have five starters. So that way, when by the time they circle back around, they're well-rested. But more of it is the fact that, I mean, even though it's been a short season, seven games in a row is a tough stretch, even during regular season. It's even harder on playoffs because now you're playing harder. Because you know that there's a good chance that there's no tomorrow. So
0: Yeah, every game is important. Every game's on the line. Not that that wasn't true this entire season, <laughs> oddly enough.
1: Yeah, with the 60-game season, yeah.
0: So that's progressing. So that means the game one of the World Series is going to be, a, yeah, October 20th.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's next week, right? Yeah, that's next yep. Tuesday. So we're literally one week away from the World Series. Yep. My bet is it's going to be the Rays and the Braves.
1: I I wouldn't count the Dodgers just out just yet. They've been really hot the last few years, and I mean the Dodgers are like a modern day Cleveland story in that they've gone to the po- the postseason so many times, and they've come so close to winning the World Series so many times that at some point you got to you wonder if it'll break for them or if they're just gonna there's a turn I'm thinking of a scene like always almost the bride it's
0: always the always the bridesmaid never the bride
1: but yeah yeah exactly that's it that's the same (laughs) yes
0: (laughs) that's what you say to a girl when you want to be mean to her (laughs) (laughs) I don't suggest ever saying that to a girl (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) just don't be a jerk
1: Maybe I'll start watching some of the baseball games if I can, or at least listening to um, just um, the way that my team went out. it kind of just took a lot of the wind out of my sails. Yeah,
0: they kind of died hard at the end is more or less what happened. They just they were screaming along and then they just lost momentum. And that happens.
1: Oh, yeah, especially in baseball.
0: Especially this season, it's early to do because you it's hard to tell when you're going to run out of steam and you've only got so much game. So you don't want to be, oh, we got out because we didn't play as hard as we should have played. Uh-huh. And, you know, we've got plenty left over. But on the same token, you can burn yourself out.
1: But then we roll into a, a kind of an odd weekend for, for you and I, you know, um, football-wise. I'm going to go ahead and call this a
0: perfect weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah that, that's what i'm saying that, that's what's odd
0: yeah this was a perfect weekend as far as who won what both in college and in the nfl huh interesting you know i'm trying to pull up the score from the utou game and i it's not doing it like google won't pull it up um i wonder if <laughs> there is a law, uh, somebody from Texas who paid Google off not to show the score. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I honestly wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> because, yeah... That's just how they are, folks. I think everybody knows it. So perfect weekend. Why was this a perfect weekend? Okay, let's go. Let's go through everybody, but my favorite team. So my favorite team, well, most being versus Texas A&M. So, but let's go through everybody else. Okay, most hated team of all time: Texas, obviously the Longhorns, lost in the Red R- Red River Shootout to their longtime rival Oklahoma. Uh, who they always claimed was their rival, even though we were their rival. Um, But, you know, they could go whatever themselves. But they lost. Uh, It was a shootout, 53-45, to meaning that neither team had what I would like to call a defense. Um, (laughs) But it's always nice. I don't really hate Oklahoma. I do hate Texas. Next, we go to another amazing game in the Big 12. You had Texas Tech getting beat by Iowa State. Uh, 31 to 15. So always enjoy it when Texas Tech fails. Back when a and was in the Big 12, I kind of viewed our rivalry with Texas as like a um, a gentleman's dislike of each other. And our rivalry with Texas Tech is uh, I hate those bastards with a burning passion.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: See, that's that's a little strange because considering we don't set fires for the Tech game, we set fires for the Texas game.
0: Yeah, I know, but it's just sort of like it's the the Texas rivalry, you know, was hundreds of years long, right? <laughs> Whereas I mean, Tech was was a newer thing. I and and the thing is, while I was in college, was the game where we got shut out at in Tech, so in Lubbock, we got shut out twelve to zero, and then the Texas Tech, you know, students uh, do their celebratory thing, which they tear down their own goalpost. But then they took the goalpost and they threw it into our stand, the AM section, and then proceeded to get into a giant fistfight and brawl, <laughs> which what's his name? Rick Perry was involved in <laughs> in that brawl because he's he went to a and So he was sitting in the stand. So he, the Texas guy or a tech guy threw a punch at him and he punched him back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh crazy rick curry <laughs> yep
0: yep so moving on to the sec arkansas the our long time we're both awful so we we put up a good game together got beat by uh, auburn which hey, i am always okay with arkansas getting beat tennessee versus uga university of georgia tennessee uh, tennessee lost no shocker there all right so going around the sec you had alabama alabama had didn't lose. They scored sixty three points against Ole Miss, but Ole Miss was able to score forty eight points against them, which means Alabama does not effectively have a defense, uh, and or Ole Miss is going to be a much tougher challenge this year than they have in the past. South Carolina beat Vanderbilt forty one to seven, which is just sort of like why couldn't we beat <laughs> Vanderbilt forty one to seven? Oh my goodness! University in Kentucky beat Mississippi State twenty four to two. I don't even. How did that even happen?
1: (laughs) They were so embarrassed by the safety that they decided to jack slap the other team.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Wow. Especially after Mississippi State put up against Alabama. Man, that is nuts. How did that happen? Finally, the the cream of the crop, or not the cream of the crop, uh, Missouri beat LSU 45-41. Huge shootout game. But yeah, so the Tigers beat the Tigers. <laughs> Missouri <laughs> Tigers beat the LSU Tigers uh, 45
1: to 1. See, you got to put it in a better way. Missouri. Beat LSU.
0: Yeah, Missouri beat LSU. So then just some <laughs> trivia Missouri came into the SEC along with Texas AM in the same year. Missouri came in the SEC East and Texas AM came in the SEC West, even though they're on pretty much the same uh, latitude. <laughs> so East West wise, they're both about the same amount East, but either way. Who cares? So, and then the second year we were in the SEC, I believe, the year we beat Alabama was a year that we lost to all Tigers. So we lost to Missouri. We lost to Clemson. And we lost to LSU. And maybe Auburn. Either way, all Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) So, just a little bit. So, Let's get to the game I actually watched, AM versus
1: University of Florida.
0: University of Florida. So coming into the game, Texas A&M was ranked number 21 in the Associated Press poll, Florida was ranked number 4, given our pretty poor performance against Vanderbilt and then our pretty poor performance against Alabama. The expectation was Florida was going to run all over us. We were playing in Kyle Field, which honestly in the SEC era hasn't been that much of an advantage but it actually was this game and the reason was because there were fans <laughs> and so there was there was at least one play where florida had to take a timeout because the teams had gotten used to being able to talk
1: without talking over a crowd right
0: and so the florida quarterback was about to or he was about to get a fault or not a false start a um delay of game because mm-hmm. he was trying to to Audible effectively, and he couldn't because, <laughs> because it was too loud. Granted, there were only twenty thousand students in the stands, so that's that's I, I like it. They, they get loud; that's good stuff. So this was a morning game started at eleven o'clock. <laughs> it was fairly cool at eleven, but by the time the game was running down, it was actually pretty hot. It was getting into the nineties, <laughs> so a pretty good swing there. It was a pretty good shootout for the most part. It was definitely a tale of no defense. This was the game of a tale of no defense. Literally, both teams used their punters one time. <laughs> and both times it was in the third or fourth quarter. It was, in, it was in the second half of the game. Florida got the ball to start the game, came out kind of swinging. Um, Actually, everybody did. It was effectively both teams just slowly drove the ball down the field (laughs) every time they got the ball. Florida could not stop the pass early on, and they couldn't stop the run later on. A&M couldn't stop anything Florida sent our way. (laughs) It was a very, very exciting game. If you're an offensive kind of guy, which most people are. So <laughs> very exciting from that end. Big thing the sports announcers were constantly talking about was that the the quarterback from Florida, Kyle Trask, is from Manville, Texas. He's, he actually grew up it's like an hour and a half <laughs> away from, from college station. His name, Kyle, he was literally he was named for Kyle Field. His parents are both Aggies. He's proving to be a very good quarterback for the Gators. Uh, however, he just wasn't recruited uh, very heavily uh, pretty much anywhere. And I think that's because Manville, Texas's team is not very big, but he's, he's a good player. He's, he's definitely a good quarterback, or at least he played well against us. Uh-huh. And he seems. To, but yeah, that was kind of the irony. And I think he kind of wanted to come in and win to be like, yeah, you should have recruited me sort of a deal. <laughs> yeah, we got to basically hear about that during every, every timeout or, or five seconds <laughs> in the game. So yeah, big highlights from the game, a made fewer mistakes. I think they made a mistake almost every single drive they played against Alabama, which is why they didn't score very often. Because uh, if you make a mistake against Alabama, they will turn it on you and they will capitalize.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That was not necessarily as true as Florida's defense is not as good as they traditionally have been. However, we didn't make as many mistakes. I think there was one full on turnover. There was one almost turnover and one actual turnover. And I think during the actual turnover, Georgia scored during the, the non turnover, we, we got the ball back. So, but it was like a fumble and we recovered. So the biggest issue a and M had this time it was not turnovers, it was penalties. There was a string. It was in the third quarter where AM basically got three personal fouls slash unsportsmanlike conducts in a row. Oh. Yeah. It was bad. And and they were they were legitimate. Like it wasn't like the ref was was trying to call something on us, or you know, sometimes the ref sort of Maybe see something that everybody's kind of like, well, maybe, maybe not. No, like –
1: Talking shoving or targeting?
0: No, like there were a couple punches. There was almost a fight. You could tell uh, our defense was riled up by the fact that it could not stop Florida. And so there was they, – they had a couple unsportsmanlike conducts. And then when the the offense came back into the field, they had one. And after that, Jimbo called a timeout yeah. and pulled everybody together and was like you – "Yeah." Know, and I was mad. I was uh-huh. like angry because oh, yeah. it, it, it cost us
1: – It's like 15 yards a pop. <laughs> so basically
0: it, it kind of handed – Georgia one of their touchdowns, and Florida. it costs yeah sorry Florida, <laughs> <laughs> it handed Florida one of their touchdowns, and it kind of cost us, if I remember correctly, it, it either cost us a, it wasn't was it a, it wasn't a touchdown, but it, it was like a forty or fifty yard uh, pass, if I remember correctly, uh-huh. and a first down and all that stuff, and then suddenly it was you know second down or it was second or third down and twenty one because of the penalty, so. We went from "Hey, we're in field goal range now" to "Oh crap, we're, we're close to our own our own goal," because <laughs> because you guys are letting your tempers get away with each other, or away with yourself. So that was the big thing in the in the first quarter. So coming back, uh, second quarter, AM and m looked pretty good. To be honest, I got to say, Mon looked a lot better in this game than he had pretty much ever. I'm gonna say. He wasn't making dumb mistakes. He didn't throw the ball to an area that made no sense for him to throw the ball to. He threw a couple where it was like, oof, that was a little close, bud. But, <laughs> but you know, I've seen NFL quarterbacks do that kind of thing, too. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good. And I was pretty impressed by our running back team, Spiller and Smith. So 28 and 0, they did a lot of the footwork. They put a lot of yards on, and they were able to get, get through – and run through Georgia's off, or defensive line. The truth is, and both Mond and A M's front line are all juniors and seniors. Uh huh. They've gotten pretty good working together. You know, Mond looks pretty good in the pocket. So I, I'm hoping this continues on. Granted, Georgia's defense was not the greatest, yeah. so that may have been the biggest piece of this. Florida. No, God bless it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, whatever whatever i don't
0: care anymore (laughs) but they look good my hope is that this isn't just because florida's defense was terrible but because they were actually starting to work decently together
1: given the scores that you were just talking about across the sec in general what I can definitely say is that what we're seeing is the effect of COVID, which is that offenses can practice without contact. Defenses can't. You can set up a play action or a pass, you know, or a running play without making contact with anybody in practice all you want. And because you kind of get the idea of where the other side's coming from, where they'll be and stuff like that. And really, when in football, what you're just practicing and during practice is just getting into the rhythm and, and getting. You know, the memory, the muscle memory to throwing the ball or how to properly do a handoff, because as as simple as it may seem, doing a handoff does take practice and skill. But defenses, you they they can't do it without contact. They can't try to break through the offensive line without getting physically up there. They can't practice tackling without actually tackling.
0: Yeah. And that's something that drove me just freaking crazy in this game. Was that uh, the Florida defense was able to make tackles. <laughs> uh-huh. Whenever they got close to one of our players, they brought him down. Whereas our defense, it would take four or five guys to bring down the rusher.
1: That seems to be AM's problem for a long time now. Wh- whoever they have for their defensive coach isn't practicing tackles, like, isn't giving them the reps to this is how you wrap around somebody, you know, and hold on. I'll bring up Miles Garrett because he was he, he was an Aggie in the game against I think it was Washington he grabbed on to the quarterback shirt and wouldn't let go that was the best part about that He was grabbing on to the back of the shirt from from the bottom and it was dragged like maybe a couple of yards but he finally brought him down like he was like okay I've got you I'm not letting go that doesn't seem to be how a&M does tackling.
0: Right. What you see almost always is they're just hitting the guy. Uh-huh. And that's an okay move if you're right on the line to get somebody out of bounds, <laughs> you know, and you hit him, That's fine.
1: Right, because you don't want to get penalized for hitting out of bounds. Right. Yeah. But if you've got a clean line, you know you can, you know, just wrap him up. Right.
0: You're going to need to bring him down. You need to hold on to him. Right. It just didn't seem like, it. A&M had been training to do that. They were training to. I guess to hit and not to grab and that just doesn't work and that was A&M's defense problem it would take him four or five guys to bring anybody down and if you didn't have that four or five guys then the guy wasn't going to go down he was going to run in and get a touchdown <laughs>
1: right you can see it across the board though it's not just a and m it's just across the board because what'd you say that a uh that alabama game was like what 63 to 48 yes so that's 111 points total you know in a single game that's insane
0: yeah no that is pretty insane <laughs>
1: So, basically, it's just going to come down to this year, whoever has the the better defense and the great offense. (laughs) Yeah. Not even a great defense or even a good defense, just a better defense. Better defense,
0: defense, yeah. And that was the thing in this game. It was, you know, both defenses ended up pulling off one stop on the other team. Uh And then what the offense was able to do with that. It ended up, you know, it was a shootout that... Started with the Gators because they got the ball first, and you know, ended with AM because they got the ball first, you know, coming out of the half. Uh-huh. Uh, and AM was able to come down, there was a tied 38 to 38, and AM was able to bring it down in the last minute to field goal range, run the clock all the way down, kick the field goal, win the game. And it was a huge moment for both Mond and for.
1: Jimbo Fisher? Jimbo
0: Fisher. (laughs) And for both of them, because it's the first time either of them have defeated a top five team since becoming Aggies. Uh that's the story behind Mond. He's got great numbers, right? But he's never beaten a top five team. Uh And that's always the story. Oh, he's got great numbers. We need to keep playing him. And you're just like, but he hasn't beaten a top five team, you know? And that's (laughs) the same. That's what everybody was kind of looking at Jimbo. You're like, Hmm, we're paying you a lot of money.
1: (laughs) It's like, so Calamon, you're a great uh, backup quarterback when you know, somebody gets hurt, but you, you, it doesn't appear like he can lead a team to victory that when it gets tough, when it's, third and six, and they have to get a fourth quarter, two-minute drill, third and six, and you need that. He can't seem to put it together. Until this game, when he did. Yeah.
0: I'm not saying, like, I've turned around on Mond or anything,
1: Mm -hmm. but... You see the potential.
0: Right. It's there. And I don't know if it's just because, hey, we were in College Station, you know, we had the stadium noise that was new and that was, you know, helpful to us, and the... Florida Gator, Florida Gators
1: defense was
0: was not very good. And all those, you know, all those powers combined made a Kellen Mond who could play a game. You know, we'll find out next week when we play Mississippi State. Uh It doesn't look like Mississippi State's going to be very good, but then, you know, every once in a while they are, so... We'll see. The next, I think, the next two games are kind of going to tell paint more of a picture because we got Mississippi State and Arkansas. Uh-huh. If they are as bad as they are supposed to be, and we are as good as we looked against Florida, then these should be no big deal games. If that proves out to be true, the real test will end up being Tennessee, oddly enough, and then Ole Miss, because uh-huh. LSU honestly is not looking very good this year. <laughs> so, but we'll see. You never know. Because I think the LSU game is at LSU. Or is it? No, it it was at LSU last year. I was going to say. No, it's in Kyle Field. So this may be our revenge after the revenge year, which I'm, (laughs) I'm down for. Because let's be honest, the LSU game in 2018... Well, I won't say that the refs gave us the game. I will say that the refs took it away from LSU. (laughs) And most LSU fans would probably say there was like five calls in there that were questionable. I don't agree. There was one call that was. And I think that took the game away from LSU. But then we still had to win it.
1: (laughs) Well, to be fair, that was the game that went to seven overtimes.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Seven. Seven. Seven overtimes, baby. (laughs) It was an amazing game to watch. It was a lot of fun. I've considered watching it a couple more times. I know my dad has watched it three or four times by now. Um, <laughs> just because they have replayed it several times on like ESPNU and the SEC Network. It's definitely considered something of a classic, I think. It was nice to watch Mond and the offense be good. And not against a Bush League team. Uh-huh. They were good against, you know, at the time, top-ranked team. Now, coming out of that, AM went from being ranked 21 in the AP all the way to being ranked 11. And Florida dropped from being ranked 4th to being ranked 10th. Either way, still a top-10 team. <laughs> so it, it was nice to see us play well. I hope we keep playing well. And it was nice to see Jimbo coaching. Like <laughs> 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 There's so many plays and so many games where you look at it and you're like, I don't know if that was a bad coaching call or if that was Mon screwing it up.
1: What's got me worried there is, is those personal fouls. You've got to call your guys to the sideline. I mean, I don't know if he just needs to get whole new players or, or, or what, but I mean, he's got to get a hold of that team. And he's got to either buck up, kill Mon to to be the, the big time quarterback that we need him to be, or he needs to move on to somebody else. I mean, it seems like there's either a lack of coaching or a lack of talent that we just aren't willing to give up. Yeah, well, I,
0: I think the personal foul stuff, it kind of displayed this... Lack of control, I guess.
1: Lack of discipline.
0: Right. And so it looked like Fisher was able to rein it in, though, because after that point, there wasn't any, there weren't any problems. I guess the question mark becomes, okay, is this going to be a recurring thing, or do you actually have control of your team?
1: Right. Florida's a big game this year because they were ranked fourth, but they're not most years, and they were at Kyle Field, right? Yes. So you're at home in front of the home crowd, and you're drawing penalties. I mean, that's embarrassing. Yes. So then let's roll into your second favorite game of the week.
0: So for this game, we got to move to the NFL. NFL-wise, I don't really care about any other teams besides the Cowboys <laughs> and the Browns to a certain extent. And the Cowboys game was pretty crazy, just put it like that. It's always part of my problem with reviewing games, especially a couple days down the road, is that the a and game, and the Cowboys game always end up having these really weird similarities. And so trying to keep the two games straight in my mind <laughs> has always been difficult, but the Cowboys game. So it's Cowboys versus giants. The New York giants are ranked awfully. They're their own. They were 0 <laughs> four coming into the game.
1: Uh huh. New head coach, I guess a new head coach. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it's, it's Garrett.
0: So he's the offensive coordinator. He's not the, the, the okay. head coach. Most of the game, they showed him, you know, because it was, you know, he was back in Dallas and whatnot. Yeah. So they showed him a lot, but they were showing another guy a lot more <laughs> <laughs> as the coach. So, I'm, you know, Garrett's the offensive coordinator, not the not the head coach.
1: Well, he might be the head coach soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, you never know.
1: <laughs> I know. An 0-5 start.
0: <laughs> but this was supposed to be kind of Dallas's, especially the game against the Seahawks. And they got beat by the Browns, but they didn't get trampled by the Browns. So everybody was kind of walking into this thinking they were going to beat the Giants and that's just not, not no, like the first, the first half was pretty awful. Uh, the first quarter, you know, Dallas made a drive down the field, got to the red zone, couldn't put the ball in, in the end zone, ended up having to kick a field goal. And then this was game two of a tale of no defenses. You, you had a little more defensive ability than you saw in the AM game because in the A&M game, nobody seemed to be able to stop even in the red zone. <laughs> but in this game, you had a lot more field goals, but you had pretty much no punting. Dallas's offense just did not do well at all in the first quarter. And the Giants kind of... I don't know what you how you put it, but they sort of controlled the ball, more or less. Uh-huh. And they were able to just, you know, run it down and get the ball in and, and score touchdowns. And, and so they were up rather quickly, 14-3 to three in the first quarter. It was an interception. It was the second play of Dallas's second drive. Prescott threw an interception. He threw it over Zeke's head. Zeke put his hand up to, to catch it, tipped it into a giant's hand and the Giant ran the ball in for a touchdown. So all of a sudden the Giants who had just scored and then kicked off <laughs> and then two plays later scored again. So they were suddenly up 14 to 3. The Dallas just couldn't do anything on their next drive. They were four and out on that. It was like there was no defense and then Dallas also didn't have an offense. <laughs> Cause the the honest truth is I'm not going to give it to the Giants defense. For stopping Dallas or for even making the interception, because that was pretty much all Prescott. <laughs> or the other people, you know, who dropped the ball when he threw it to them. <laughs> so I, I will say, unlike in previous games, Dallas decided to actually start playing in the second quarter. So normally they wait till the fourth quarter to start playing, and they're normally down 30 or more points. <laughs> this time they, they finally just started playing. And it was mostly keeping the ball on the ground. So Elliott and Pollock were just able to march it downfield. And the Giants, they could stop them. But, you know, they were getting the four to five yards you need per play to, <laughs> to continue going forward. And that's, that's effectively what Dallas was able to do. So they were able to come back and start scoring points after the half. Dallas looked like a much better team, but it was still kind of just a continuous both teams marching down the field against the other. Coming down to the end of the first half, 20 seconds left, Uh the Cowboys march down to the field. They do one play, which was a whole lot of fun to watch. They hike the ball to Prescott. Prescott drops it to, I want to say Zeke. Zeke hands it off to Pollock. And then Pollock throws it to Prescott who has run down the field into the <laughs> into <laughs> into the the one yard line and then he runs it into the end zone for the touchdown right before the end of the half. They came back and they got points on the board and they took the lead right before the end of the half, which was important going into the second half because the Giants had the ball first and and the way the game was going is pretty much any time somebody had had the ball unless there was an interception they were going to get points, so so going into the half with the lead was important. Big, big, big event in the th- in the third quarter was uh, Prescott's injury. Dallas is making a drive; they're getting uh, closer. They run—I want to say it's a quarterback draw, or it's or if he just opts to run the ball. I can't remember, but Prescott decides to run the ball, which he does. Uh, not a, I mean, not more than any other kind of running quarterback in the NFL. And he's pretty good at it. He's a good weapon in that way. So he runs the ball. He gets taken down. Normal tackle. Not anything like he, you couldn't say that anybody was targeting anybody. You couldn't say that, you know, this was a malicious sort of thing. But as he went down, the guy fell on his foot. And Prescott came out of that tackle with his foot more or less pointed the wrong way. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Prescott gets carted off the field crying because everybody's pretty sure his ankle's broken <laughs> if not <laughs> if not something worse well,
1: what i understood is he had surgery as soon as he left the field
0: <laughs> yeah it was a compound fracture which means that the bone left the skin <laughs> is what that means and so definitely out for the season we'll see what more other players and even quarterbacks have gotten ankle injuries even compound fracturing ankle injuries and have come back from it so, oh, oh, sorry, I just saw it again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it's just, it's, it's like immediate and, and he turns it right so it looks okay when he's sitting there, but like immediately coming out of that, it's facing the wrong way. Oh, so yeah, ultra painful. So, Andy Dalton comes in. Andy Dalton was the, the previous starting quarterback for the Bengals yep. coming out of the Horn Frogs TCU, and he. I think one or two plays after that gives it to Elliott. Elliott runs it in for a touchdown. So Andy doesn't look bad. (laughs) After this, on the next drive, there is a turnover Andy makes because he, basically it's a bad snap. The ball effectively doesn't go into Andy's hands. It goes to the right of his hands. And the ball bounces. Andy tries to drop on it. The Giants fall on the ball. There's a turnover that effectively gives the Giants the ability to retake the lead. Oh, and I forgot a really cool play that, or not cool play, but kind of sucks for the Giants (laughs) that (laughs) happened earlier. And that was uh, they attempted a faked field goal. In the third quarter, they got stopped around the 30-something yard line, maybe 40-something yard line. They faked a field goal. They did a really good job of the fake. Like the guy who caught the ball was a receiver. He sort of trotted off. He didn't leave the field, but he sort of was leaving the field with the rest of the normal offense, the non-special teams guys. But then he just stopped like the rest of the special team or the rest of the normal offense guys went off and he just stopped. And so the the Cowboys, nobody even noticed he was there. (laughs) And so they hiked the ball and he is just wide, wide open. They throw the ball to him. He runs it in for a touchdown, except there's a flag on the play. the flag was one of the uh, offensive line for the Giants was not set. And you have to be set when they hike the ball, and that's that's what happened. Getting back to third, fourth quarter, Dalton, you know, some drives he doesn't do well, some drives he does. There's a turnover that effectively gives the Giants the ability to, to take the lead again, which they do. It's the continuation of the tale of no defense. Like, both the Giants are able to score. Dalton starts... I guess, working. Uh So the Giants, they get it to 32-31. They go for the two and they get it. And so it's 34-31. So Dallas, all they have to do is get a field goal to tie it. Dallas gets it down far enough to score a field goal. The Giants on their next drive don't actually make it. (laughs) The defense actually comes out and pulls it off. They give the ball to Dallas on the... Fifteen yard line on their fifteen yard line with forty some odd seconds left, and Dalton is able to drive the Cowboys down field basically with two rather amazing catches to to gallop and then to another guy. They where they catch it and they fall out of bounds kind of a deal. Uh-huh. And this of course causes a review on both on <laughs> on both catches, which makes the you know the last. Thirty seconds of the game, twenty minutes long, because the refs have to review that he was uh, he was actually in bounds, but he was both times. So gets him all the way down to the twenty. Um, they kick the field goal, and the field with three seconds left. It looks like the field goal is going to go far to the right, and but it curves back and down the middle, and so the second game this weekend my team wins by a field goal with less than three seconds left <laughs> winning winning against an opponent they were tied to you know in a game where nobody was you know using a defense <laughs> but you know occasionally the defense came through at the right moment for both teams so but that was the Cowboys crazy crazy game lots of crazy plays Prescott going out Shootout down to the end with the Giants so I gotta say you know I'm not expecting a very good season for the rest of the season with the Cowboys given that they played terribly with the Giants but I still have hopes that they're gonna win the NFC East because of how awful the NFC is is. I think the nickname (laughs) for it right now is NFC (laughs) Least and so yeah so that's the Cowboys just moving on to the Browns
1: yeah, so the Browns took on the Indianapolis Colts uh in Cleveland. We're on a three game win streak and a three and one record. We had pretty good high hopes though. The odds makers actually put us at a two and a half point underdog. For this game which i thought was it was interesting like I, I didn't know what what the odds makers were were looking at that made them think because i felt that given how the the colts were looking that this was a pretty even matchup but uh i guess that the two and a half points shows that it was an even matchup because they had to give points to somebody you know everyone just looks to cleveland to at least at some point fall like they go oh, okay they've won a few games but when when are they going to trip over themselves which as a cleveland browns fan i could go yeah Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) Yeah. So early on in the game, there were a couple of things I I noticed, which was, and I pointed this out to my stepdad, um, was that the Browns offense, it works so beautifully with the talent that they have because they were so run heavy for the first four games of the season. Like most teams, they they try to adjust to that. But the thing is is that the run game isn't all that they have. They have fantastic receivers in tight ends and the Colts have one of the best run defenses in the league right now. Everyone was thinking, okay, they wouldn't be able to run the ball. Well, we didn't have to run the ball because Baker Mayfield ended up doing a lot of play-action passes. And uh, So just like the, the trick play that you were talking about with the Dallas game, there was one where Baker hands the ball off to Odell Beckham Jr., and he throws it downfield to Jarvis Landry, and I think it was a touchdown. And last week was like the reverse of that. Landry threw to Beckham. So we were able to throw the ball a lot more effectively this game, and there were fewer drop passes and whatnot. At one point in the first half, we were up 17 points. Now, that 17 points ended very quickly, but it came on a pick six. I want to say it was Ronnie Harrison picked off Phillip Rivers and ran it back for a touchdown, or it was Sandejo. I can't remember which. But unfortunately, we've got problems on the defense and our special teams because right after that that pick six, we kicked off to the Colts, and they ran, and ran it back for a touchdown on the kickoff.
0: Ugh. Yikes. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen very no. often.
0: Oh, man, I haven't seen one of those in a long time. College or uh, uh, NFL. Golly. <sighs> yeah, it's, that's definitely a special teams problem.
1: <laughs> and what's even funnier is like most teams don't have a problem with kickoff because they kick it through the end zone. Like, why why bother? Why, why mess with it? Just, you know. And so I don't know why we haven't been doing that. Maybe there's some hope that we could do better than the twenty-five, you know, yards that we'd give up for a touchback, but neither here nor there. Special teams need some, a lot of work. Defensively, I mean, the Colts were doing what most teams did was try to throw the ball against us, which because of our injured linebackers and safeties, uh, we got second and third string guys who aren't quite up to the challenge, but they made plays. They they had at least Two interceptions. Miles Garrett got in another sack. Nice. So here's the thing for two weeks in a row, the Browns have caused another freakish turnaround on, on plays. Uh, this week, Miles Garrett forces Philip Rivers to throw an incomplete pass while standing in the end zone. And because of the pass, it was ruled an intentional grounding while he was standing in the end zone. So it turned into a safe. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Gotta love those random safeties.
1: <laughs> that's gotta
0: be so maddening <laughs> when you're, when you're uh, the coach.
1: And Philip Rivers was just pissed because he was like, oh, he thought that Miles Garrett was off sides or, or was late with the hit. That's what it was. He wanted him to get, get tagged with the late hit. And they didn't bite on that. So the intentional grounding turned into a safety, and that's nine points right there for our defense. <laughs> Out of the, what did we get, like 32? 32, points, I think it was. 23 to 32 was the final. Yes. So, yeah, at the half, we were up about by 10. And uh, it seemed like it was another one of those games. You're like, oh, momentum swinging the other way. Are they going to be able to pull this off? And for whatever reason, the offense is great for the first half and then come the second half. It just things aren't clicking. Baker Mayfield threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter Ooh. and there were, there were some, uh, drop passes. And so the defense really came on strong and, and held that game together. It was, uh, the second interception of the game that clinched the game for Cleveland. Uh, Ronnie Harrison picked off, uh, Phil Rivers and got, they got it within field goal range because at that point it was a six point game. It was 23, 29 and so uh you know if you were a browns fan you were getting nervous that oh boy they better get some points here because otherwise it's it's just not gonna be good and then so they did they got a field goal and put the game away out of reach and you could tell i obviously i didn't watch every play of this one i, I was listening to it on the radio but uh, i think if you were watching the game if you're listening to the game you see a browns team that's starting to get better you're seeing a browns team that even when it's not at its best it finds a way to win And it's got second and third string heroes on this team, you know, guys that are given a chance and they, you know, earn their place on the roster and that we have for the first time in a long time, the Browns have an offensive line that is just stellar. It it gives Baker Mayfield all the time in the world to throw passes. They did do a little bit of the run game and then there were obvious um, successful plays there. The offensive line is able to create openings for running backs to get through. So we're definitely seeing an offense that's working really good and we're seeing a play scheme that's working really good. So the big difference this year has been Kevin Stefanski. If you listen to Cleveland sports radio, they can't get enough of him because he's, he's even keeled, you know, um, he doesn't hang his head and defeat and he doesn't pump his fist in victory. He's just like, all right, move on to the next thing. And they, he just finds a way to get these guys to win and finds a way to make sure that because one of the big things that a lot of people worry about is that you've got Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, these two big wide receiving stars. And how are you going to be able to give them the ball enough to be satisfied to be in Cleveland? Well, they don't have that problem because he, he gets them involved. I mean, in fact, he gets tight ends and receivers involved in the, the gameplay to actually block. So that way, when you know they're doing a run play, you got wide receivers blocking and creating openings for the running backs to to be involved. You're seeing a culture in Cleveland where they can believe that they're going to win and buy into winning. And I think that's what you're seeing here is that even though for the second week in a row, their second half gameplay just isn't that good, but they're still winning. So I think what you come out of when you walk away from these games, you go, all right, it wasn't a beautiful win, but. At least now, when they're when they're planning on how to fix their problems, they're doing it with a positive attitude. Like, hey, we still won, so let's fix the things, and we'll we'll win these games with more confidence than, than we are now.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I didn't bring up about Cowboys is their offensive line. Due to injuries, they're down four guys on the line, and now they're down the quarterback, right? So, <laughs> so we're on second, third string on the entirety of, uh, you know, or not the entirety, but the, almost the whole line. And in general, the Cowboys offense, about half of it's injured or half of the starters are injured. So, we're, we're, you know, we're playing with an injured offense. It changes the nature of the game.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It really does because you have people who have talents playing now that you, you didn't have before. So, then again, depending on how they did uh, practice stuff, Dalton is now playing with the other second and third stringers, <laughs> so he might be playing with his people. You know, people that he's used to. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, uh, injuries are starting to take their toll as they always do as we move on. But
1: yeah, there was a scary moment with our quarterback this game too. Is that uh, he took a hit to the ribs? I want to know if it was his left or his right side, but he didn't miss a snap. Is the thing he went into the to the medical tent, but he was out in time to finish the game. And they did x-rays, they came back negative, and and he's got, you know, just a sore rib cage, sore chest area, and was asked, you know, are you going to play next week? And he goes, yes, because Mama didn't raise no wuss. <laughs> 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 so I think that's an interesting, you know, culture thing. And then the head coach was asked yesterday, what's Victory Monday like? You know, are, are you taking it easy today? And he goes, nope, Mondays are for working and learning from watching tape, is what he that said. That makes sense. So it's, it's very interesting to see this team turn around and how even through injuries they seem to be uh fighting through a lot of it
0: i think for for the cowboys uh, going forward there's a lot of question marks because you know dalton's our guy now as far as we can tell there's a couple of there's a couple of guys out there on practice squads quarterbacks for various teams that we may pick or go with if dalton doesn't end up panning out but again we're proving to be not a great team and we're also not in a great conference <laughs> I don't know how much, how much we're going to care as an organization. Then again, Jerry Jones may get itchy, and so we may end up getting somebody else in on the QB side of things. The real question is what uh, Dak Prescott's going to look like long term.
1: Right. What's it going to be like when he gets back onto the field? Right.
0: Yeah. How is he going to play? Because he only had you know his negotiations and stuff. He ended up with a you know franchise tag, which is a one year, basically a one year contract. It's pretty good contract Uh but he's he's up this year again for negotiations so when he comes back is he going to be good enough for us to try and sign again does he he probably doesn't have the same kind of leverage he did before because the reason the the contract negotiations this last year or earlier this year fell apart was because he didn't want to sign a long-term contract
1: Well, one of the things that the sports people are talking about is how much of a mistake it was for Jerry Johns not to sign a longer term contract with Dak Prescott because it's apparent that he is the franchise quarterback, that the team responds and gravitates around him and how much of a part he is of the culture with the Cowboys right now, much more so than, say, Andy Dalton. And definitely more than anybody they bring in for next year, if they were to bring in somebody, now they find themselves in a real tight spot because they don't have any idea of what Dak Prescott's going to be like for next season.
0: Yeah, In the same tone, you have a lot of people saying that Prescott was a fool for not signing a long-term contract with the Cowboys because now he's got a bunch of question mark about his ability to play. And if he had signed a long-term contract, it would have had a clause in there for you know, effectively for either paying him while he was injured or paying him off, <laughs> more uh-huh. or less. So you know, there's there's a bunch of people calling foul on both sides of that, telling both organizations that no, you guys should have come to terms. I think the problem was the Cowboys typically have very long contracts in their uh, negotiations, and so they want people for a lot longer than they're willing to uh, guarantee playing for a team for.
1: Well, it also didn't help that Jerry Jones paid good money for other players during the off season when he was in negotiations with Dak Prescott, I think it was this offseason that Ezekiel Elliott had his contract extension. It was either him or, um, or another player. I can't remember.
0: Um, Elliott's contract came out right before the beginning of last season, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty ridiculous <laughs> if I remember right.
1: Right. So, you know, you got that, like, oh, you're willing to pay this much for, for this guy, but you're not willing to pay for a franchise quarterback.
0: Yeah. I, as always, who knows what jones is thinking (laughs) lord knows is i don't
1: (laughs) crazy old jerry jones that's that's
0: pretty accurate but yeah crazy crazy weekend for football that's for dang sure so yeah
1: most of our teams won it's just yeah
0: so like perfect weekend however (laughs) it's 2020 so it was perfect in a 2020 kind of way
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if our teams you know the teams that we wanted to win the championships won them this year we'd be fine with that so what it's a it's a covid year so what things are different it still goes in the book it still counts yeah
0: i don't, I don't care i don't care if everybody's like oh it was 2020 so thing or 2020 slash 21 season uh, things were a little strange i don't know if that counts i'm like screw you <laughs> it counts it's in the books <laughs> they got a ring i don't care <laughs> Yep. Although, uh, you know, I think A&M has a much better shot than, uh, than the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing the Browns win it, though. That would be kind of neat.
1: Yeah, that's just unrealistic. I mean, if they make the playoff, great. I think right now they're on pace to win nine games, which is a winning record, which is something they haven't had for a long time. Oh, it should be pointed out that their win puts them at four games in a row and the first time since 1994 – that they were that they are four and one they have not gone four and one at the start of a season since 1994 i was 10 years old and not even out of elementary school in 94 the cleveland indians were playing the atlanta braves for the world series
0: (laughs) so they're they're four and one yep and before that they were three and one right Yep. And you said the last time they had done three and one was like 2000 or 2004. Mm-hmm. So it's like a decade between each of these.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and believe it or not, you know, who was the head coach, of the Cleveland Browns in 1994? It's going to it's going to shock you. Hmm. Bill Belichick.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah,
0: you're right. I am shocked. Bill Belichick. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Billy Belichick. Interesting. So they're they're playing tonight, right?
1: Oh, the Patriots?
0: Let's see. Tuesday Tuesday night football because we have that because COVID. No, sorry. It's the Bills and the Titans.
1: That's right. I couldn't decide on who I thought was going to win tonight. I'm kind of rooting for the Titans just because of Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah. But the Bills look really sharp this year. so. Yeah.
0: And they're both undefeated so far.
1: So this it's going to be a real good game.
0: Yep. We had two Monday night games and one Sunday or one Tuesday night game.
1: <laughs> yep. And we got some other crazy games coming out, like games that shouldn't have been on the board that are going to be. There, there are a couple of games coming down the pipe that, that were moved due to COVID.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait, no. So I guess we only there was only one game yesterday. Yes. That was the Chargers and the Saints. There originally was supposed to be two games. No, the Patriots didn't play this weekend.
1: They moved them to somewhere further down the line.
0: Yeah, because they had a guy pop, didn't they?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get positive for COVID.
1: Not just one guy, but it was like, like another, like a third guy. And, and Yeah.
0: So then they shut down the facility. So, yeah, I think they originally were supposed to play yesterday and they didn't. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that.
1: It's been interesting as far as the, the COVID stuff because you've had a couple of teams go positive, but it wasn't widespread. So I, mean, I, I guess that's the positive in this. And it seems like the NFL is doing pretty good with, with shuffling the games around. Because honestly, you could put a football game on any night of the week and people will watch. Just it, It's nice to know that the uh, television networks are flexible enough with the NFL to let it happen.
0: Yeah, um, that's been kind of nice. The ability to move the games around and, and have people still watch them because <laughs> that's mm. always the question mark is, uh, oh yeah, we can move it around, but now it's going to be on this one specialty channel that only like 10 people get who have the, this certain package with the satellite company. Yeah. I really hate that. <laughs> okay, so who do we got coming up? We get the Browns.
1: versus the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Steelers. Big rivalry game.
1: Not only just a big rivalry game, but there's a lot on the line for these two teams in that aspect that the Steelers, I think, are five and oh, and they haven't been that way since 1978. So they want to keep that going. And the Browns, you know, they're on a four game win streak and they need to prove that they can beat a good like a solidly good team, like a, or not just a good team, but an upper tier team because they got beat by Baltimore and they need a division win for from a good division team. This is also a year removed from the Miles Garrett incident, so we'll see how how that plays out too because it's in
0: But that, I mean, that guy's not even going to be playing because Roethlisberger's is back in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, team mentality and whatnot. And and I don't care what their head coach Tomlin says. He goes, oh, we're not concentrating on revenge. We're just concentrating on the game. I don't care. I don't like him. I think he's just like uh, Greg Roberts, you know, our former head coach, two coaches ago before Freddie Kitchens. You know, he's a temporary head coach. I think he was like him because Greg Roberts was caught in that whole um, bounty gate. With the nfl Hmm. and i i definitely think that uh, coach tomlin is definitely a guy who who slips 50s and hundreds to his players for for hurting other players oh okay (laughs) just because um pittsburgh is a much more physical team than than most i mean look at their quarterback ben roethlisberger he does not have the build of a a normal quarterback he is a big bulky guy no he's
0: he's a giant yeah (laughs) yeah He's a big man.
1: From what people say, though, Pittsburgh, even though they're undefeated right now, is a beatable team. So it'll come down to whether or not we can adapt and fix our problems and hopefully stay ahead of them. So that'll be an interesting game. Who are the Cowboys playing?
0: The Cardinals. So I, I got no idea how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, this will um, be, be Dalton's first full game.
1: Yeah. Against Kyler Murray, who unfortunately got the shaft from Kansas City because of Patrick Mahomes. Homie. Yeah, because he was he was playing for Kansas City, and then Kansas City saw the opportunity to draft Patrick Mahomes, so they took it, and then they traded uh, Kyler Murray over to Arizona. And Arizona, from what I understand, doesn't look terrible.
0: Yeah, I I got no idea. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a new. Almost a new team, I imagine, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And if our defense keeps playing like they have been, it's going to be awful. <laughs> so you got to hope for something better on that front. But, yeah, so that's um, – so I'll wrap it up. Next episode, we'll probably finish out the – we'll finish out the ACLS or the American ALCS, the American League Championship, <laughs> Championship Series. <laughs> And then we'll continue into week six. Is this week six of uh, yep. NFL football and week four of SEC football? Yep. So it's going to be a time,
1: <laughs> <laughs> a time worth watching football.
0: Yeah, I have slightly higher hopes about this next uh, this next weekend than I had hopes about this weekend. But this weekend turned out amazing, so I, I just don't know. I don't know. I try not to get hopes up in general because, you, know. <laughs>
1: you know. You know. Yeah, know.
0: All right. Well, this has been another episode of uh, Pat and the Fat Man. Thank you for listening. Remember, we do have a website, patandthefatman.com. If you'd like to go there, check it out. Leave a comment. Tell us how awesome and or less than awesome our podcasts are. Give us some feedback. We'd love it. Please uh, rate the podcast on your either iTunes or Stitcher or whatever uh, medium you listen to podcasts to, and head over to our Patreon and support our support our efforts here. We we would we would be uh you would have our undying gratitude if you were to do that so
1: and if you're a regular listener um just spread out over uh, social media uh tweet at us or tweet uh the show or um facebook instagram whatever whatever it is that you use just uh mention the the podcast and uh that way we can start getting this uh the snowball rolling and uh, hopefully we can branch out to bigger things and Uh, get our viewers a little more involved or maybe you know start sending out special thank yous to our to our listeners and our patreon members
0: yeah and that is something you do get as a patron there is uh promo material um other reviews we do entire episodes that we post only to the patrons as well as early access so if you would like to be a patron uh, you do get some stuff depending on what uh, level of patron you decide to be so thanks for listening folks i'm pat
1: i'm the fat man
0: stay classy go browns Oh, I forgot to uh, I forgot to bring up another Will Ferrell movie, except to say it's Will Smith again, (laughs) and then then convince you that I said Will Ferrell, and then and then get the other actors in the movie (sighs) incorrect. I was gonna I was gonna try and do that on purpose this time.